Hello, and welcome to the Platform Podcast, hosted by Marketplace Risk's L. Tucker, a former journalist who writes, speaks, and consults on the sharing of gig economy. L. is also the chair of the Marketplace Risk Advisory Board. Please note, this podcast has been prepared for informational purposes and is not legal advice by the Marketplace Risk team or the presenters. The material discussed should not be construed as legal advice or a legal opinion on any specific issue. We urge you to consult a lawyer concerning your own situation and any specific legal questions you may have. Please contact us at info at marketplacerisk.com and we can put you in touch with the appropriate professional. And now, without further ado, I will hand things over to Al. Hello and welcome to Series 4 of the Platform Podcast. To kick off the new series, I am pleased to welcome Neil Gorenflow, who is co-founder and executive director of Shareable. Neil, welcome to the podcast. Yeah, hey, thanks, Al. It's great to be here and, and chat with you. I know, and it's taken us till Series 4 to get you on, and you are such a big part of um, Marketplace Risk. Shareable have, have partnered with us um, for a while now, and of course, we are partnering with you for the upcoming San Francisco Marketplace Risk Management Conference, which is next month in September. So tell us, first of all, a bit about Shareable, because I know that some of the listeners you know, might not have, have heard um, about you. And, and just for a bit of background, how long has it been going and, and how and why did it all start? Yeah, so... Um, yeah, first, you know, super excited to be partnering with you guys and Marketplace Risk. And, um, and you know, our, we, we started in, in uh, 2009. Um, and uh, just, you know, the origins are, uh, you know, kind of a few threads. But, you know, from my, my, my thread, how I found my way into it um, was that I got very interested in sharing back in uh, 2003. Um, and during a kind of career shift and also a little shift in my lifestyle, um, I wanted to make sharing the center of my life and also uh, my career. And um, and that came about through in some strategic insight that sharing would become important in uh, you know, creating a sustainable society and the climate change era. And then also just from a personal perspective, you know, I had a moment of satori, you know, um, and realized that uh, I had kind of been living my life as a kind of solo act and, you know, it wasn't working and it was exhausting, really. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, on paper was kind of a success, um, but inside I felt a kind of emptiness and longing for more community and more uh, to and more life, more aliveness, you know. Um, and so I decided to you know, embark on an adventure with sharing and learn about myself and the world that way. And that led to doing sort of on the ground, like, you know, community organizing in San Francisco. And that led to meeting some people who had, were interested in starting a sharing movement. And uh, they called me in to help with that, help drop a plan for that. My friends at, at, at uh, Free Range Graphics and, um, and uh, also, the Shift Foundation, my co-founder, uh, Lori Schechter. And so, um, you know, we created a plan and and then they needed someone to launch Shareable. And so I did that. And, um, you know, and the first kind of goal was just, um, just to show that 
sharing, uh, to kind of connect the dots and show that sharing was a growing movement. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and at the time you had, um, you know, this, you know, sort of fast forward to from 2003, 2004, my start on my own personal kind of journey. And then 2000, uh, to 2008, you know, when we started getting shareable together and then 2009, the launch and, you know, at the launch, um, you know, and in the research, it's like, how, you know, the question was, how do we start a sharing movement? And then I did the research. I go, man, a sharing movement is underway in so many dimensions, yeah. you know, kind of re- resurgence in all kinds of grassroots neighborhood, um, sharing in it, you know, projects, um, the open source movement, all the open X movements, um, the, the solidarity economy and cooperatives were resurgent and, you know, kind of the wake of the subprime crisis and people struggling to, you know, uh, make ends meet and figure out new livelihoods. And, and then also the sharing economy, you know, we were right, you know, I'm in, I'm in the Bay area. Mm -hmm. I was living in San Francisco at the time. And, um, you know, and I could see these companies forming, you know, and, and, you know, there were small, no funding, you know, uh, very communitarian focus often, and also kind of one focus on sustainability too. Um, but quite early days, I think in yeah. that, you know, the, the kind of sharing economy marketplaces that, you know, we've watched grow and, you know, that everyone's familiar with the, this was really, these, these companies were in their infancy, weren't they? Oh, they were absolutely. Yeah. And so we, we, we launched and with, you know, just to shed light on this growing movement and, you know, connect the dots, um, and draw more interest, more attention, media, people, capital into the space and, um, to kind of really power the movement, um, you know, in that, in that way, uh, kind of being a kind of catalyst that, and that kind of became a specialty of ours as a kind of catalyst for movements and new trends. And, and, um, you know, I remember, um, you know, I got a call from a writer at Fast Company. They wanted to do a feature story because they'd following our coverage. And this was Danielle Sachs, like their, you know, top gun feature writer came out and I, I took her around to meeting all the sharing economy folks, and, you know, including Brian Chesky, you know, they had a little, uh, like almost storefront or loft kind of office, you know, and, wow. and uh, you know, there was, I don't know, maybe 30 people in the office or something like that. And I think they were maybe at like a hundred employees total. Um, so yeah, it was super early days. The capital hadn't rolled in yet. Um, and so, uh, you know, that's kind of the origin story and, you know, our shareable as an organization where, you know, we're at, we're an NGO. Our mission is to empower communities to share and we do that through three programs, our, our publishing, which is what we're most known for, mm-hmm. uh, which is, you know, we focus on solutions journalism, you know, how sharing can be a solution to communities around the world and, and also showcasing, you know, underappreciated and new cutting edge ways people are managing and sharing resources. So we've got our publishing, we've got consulting, and we also do campaigns. And more and more, we're, we're providing services, usually communications related, strategy related, um, you know, kind of leveraging my, my corporate background, um, mm-hmm. you know, to help, uh, help all kinds of entities, you know, city governments, uh, other nonprofits, and also, uh, also, you know, social enterprises, um, be successful through sharing. And, 
you know, the, the, the sharing economy landscape has changed so much over this, basically the last decade that we're talking about here from when, uh, you know, you created Shareable. How has the work that you do changed and evolved alongside that? Do you find that you're doing more or less of certain things, that you've stopped doing certain things and you now do more of, of others? How, how has it evolved alongside it? Yeah, great question, because that's a kind of interesting story, because, you know, in the early days with the, these companies had no money. And, and honestly, I, I was skeptical that they could draw capital. You know, uh, I'm, you know I, how things turned out, drawing hundreds of millions and, you know, even, yeah, it, it ended up being, you know, tens of billions of dollars, if not more, drawn in as, as VC. That, that was totally unexpected mm. on my part. Like I, <laughs> Uh, it became the centerpiece of the venture capital world. You know, this is the focal point for a while, right? Um, that that was definitely unexpected. So while we started coverage on these uh, on these companies, um, you know, when they started to bring in venture capital and kind of really shed their you know communitarian values and practices, and also their focus on sustainability then, you know, they became no longer mission aligned with shareable and, and, you know, and also some of them became purposely law breaking. Um, and so I, how could we possibly support that? And so, so we became critical and then also launched counter movements, um, you know, uh, sharing cities and platform cooperatives, which were, um, a way of showing how sharing could be, uh, done legitimately and um, for the common good um, and and uh, also um, you know be, be successful or equally impact or, or even more impactful in a kind of social environmental yeah. way because the two don't have to be you know they don't you don't have to choose do you whether your marketplace whether your sharing platform is either successful or ethical and sustainable it is possible to do both isn't it oh absolutely like a, a good example um is a company called stocks united and they're what we call a platform co-op and um you know back in 2015 we wrote this feature story called you know owning is a new sharing we saw this trend of uh sharing economy startups and different platform businesses also outside of sharing economy uh, or what's thought of as classical sharing economy, um, combining a platform business with a cooperative business model um, as a way to be not only more fair to providers and users uh, and or users on the platform, but also to be more successful as a business and to foster more trust um, and so uh, Stocks United is uh, a good example of one of those platform cooperative businesses. And it's a stock photo marketplace owned by the photographers and, and also um, guided by the, the photographers and the contributors and providers on the, on the platform. And, uh, and they're a successful business that's, you know, turning a profit. Um, and they found a kind of niche, you know, they, they're really good at curating, getting high quality photographs um uh, to offer clients and and they have a kind of combination of human and ai assisted like uh, curation um which is different uh different from their competitors and um they've 
been, you know, they, they're profitable in, and um, in, in the co-op world, they, when you generate profit, it's called the surplus. And then the, sur the, the members of the co-op, in this case, the photographer, contributing photographers decide what to do with the surplus. You know, do we reinvest mm -hmm. it? Do we distribute it? And so there have already been distributions where um, they get, you know, they get a share of the, of the yeah, surplus. Yeah, it's a great idea. So yeah, and they, they also have much better, you know, kind of ter um, terms and and uh, margins on selling their photographs on the mm -hmm. platform too. Mm -hmm. So they have, uh, you know, they're not they're not um, directing their profits to senior management and and to investors. It goes back into the business and to the actual people who create the value, which is the providers. So you can see how that kind of business can be uh, very successful in you know maybe slower growing. And more steadily growing, and and uh, but how it could be really successful in the long term, yeah. and provide and provide real livelihoods. And the eye there isn't always on the exit, and you know the 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 money. It's a, you know it's about actually creating a, a business that lasts and and you know and does good. Absolutely, um, yeah, and, and you know some uh, you know this is kind of a cool term that was coined, I think, by Nathan Schneider and some of his. Uh, associates. He's the one who wrote the story. Owning's a new sh uh, sharing for for shareable back in I think it was 2015. That you know kind of kicked off this movement. Um, but uh, that there's this opportunity for entrepreneurs to do quote unquote an exit to community. So if you start something up and and uh, you feel this kind of um, yeah, you want to take that strategy of to create a kind of sustainable business, one that is uh, not just to flip, but uh, you're a leader that, a business leader that believes in the craft of business, and you want to craft a unique and um, long-term viable business, then you, this is something for you to consider, is to exit the community. It's really and interesting. And then you sell, you sell you, then you sell the business to the users, right? So mm -hmm. you, there is an exit, yeah. and you get, a, you get, you know, you get a kind of, you know, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. You get, you know, you get your exit, and you and and uh, and you get your money, right? Yeah. For your for your efforts and risk, right? So, yeah. Anyways, no, it's fascinating. Funny, you should bring you should bring it up. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think it's fascinating. It brings me nicely onto what I wanted to ask you next, which is around obviously um the risk management and trust and safety side of it because that's what our focus is on at marketplace risk but what really interests me about this side of it is that regardless of the intentions or motivations of the founders of a sharing platform they need this they need this part of it it's a great leveler in a sense isn't it it's something that all kinds of marketplaces need to get right because of that peer-to-peer -peer transaction and if the two sides of the um, platform you know don't trust each other then nothing's going to happen and also if things go wrong then that trust gets eroded which is why obviously we need that that um, risk management there what what do you feel about that do you feel it's something that is almost you know essential regardless of of what you are creating your sharing platform for yeah absolutely it's it's fundamental um, you know, and not only do peer participants need to trust other peers, they have to trust the platform. And if the platform isn't transparent and, um, you know, seems especially greedy, um, uh, breaks laws 
you know, is heavily fined for some of their practices, um, then that, that really, that really erodes the trust also. And then people want, you know, uh, want to seek alternatives. Mm -hmm. Um, so I, I think about it in a, you know, I guess circumspect, circumspect way. And, and this is why, and this is why, um, sort of user or provider ownership, uh, and, um, and also voice and these platforms, uh, add, can add a huge, um, layer of trust, um, as well that, that goes beyond just what the technology and the, and the, and policies can provide, mm-hmm. um, that, that, uh, I mean, you know, it's, if you're, if you're, for instance, a photographer at Stocks United, it's your business. <laughs> so, um, you know, if you screw things up, it's on you, mm-hmm. you know, uh, but you have stake in it and a say in it. And so you're going to make sure that, uh, you know, things are run right and that everyone is treated fairly, especially you and your, your, uh, you know, other owner member owners. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. And I, I love the way that, you know, you and, and obviously shareable as a whole, you know, really see that the technology is, is this force for good, um, because you know that is surely, you know, tech for good is is surely something that you know is, at, the, at the end of the day what we all want, isn't it? Well, what use of it if it isn't for good? Yeah. Right. <laughs> I mean, come on. Yeah, tech for bad doesn't really have a great ring to it, does it? So. Yeah, no, it doesn't. I mean, that that's the tech you get rid of. But <laughs> I think, I think, um, you know just the old the old saw or the old hammer you know like a hammer could be a useful tool or weapon you know it's all how you use it um and and how also uh the sort of institutional matrix in which it's embedded so uh, you know determines a lot about whether the impacts of it are positive or negative Mm -hmm. so obviously we are about to start our in-person events it's been a while and it's yeah, been, right. been a while since I've seen you in person or, or and many people in person. So we're looking forward to that. But obviously, as we reach this this point where we're able to do that again, we are being a bit retrospective and obviously thinking back over the last 18 months of the pandemic. And oh gosh, you never even thought we'd be saying the 18 months of the pandemic. And obviously, there's still a, a while to go until we're in the clear. But it would be great to get your take on how you feel that marketplaces and platforms and the sharing economy has evolved through this because you know here at marketplace risk we've seen some really interesting stuff happening and it would be interesting to sort of see from your perspective at shareable what you've seen going on during this tricky time yeah um so you know kind of our observation and and you know kind of what we did um, in 2020 is, um, you know, we noticed that platforms became uh, very central to people's lives, you know, being isolated at home and, um, you know, especially during those more severe lockdowns and just, you know, ordering in and, you know, just kind of relying on platforms. What, what I found interesting about that is, um, you know, unlike other times in history, human race had uh, like the switch you could throw and operate in a different mode and not come to a screeching halt. And that had to do with, um, the, you know, the, the, uh, powerful, uh, these powerful platforms, you know, mm-hmm. how, how pervasive 
they are and be and then became even more pervasive and and how, how capable they are you know with their faults um you know we're early in a kind of platform revolution so there is you know so much more to go to kind of tame them and you know shake them into something that is um you know more, more fair and better for everyone you know for a broader kind of set of stakeholders but um, you know, that, that point still stands. I mean, mm-hmm. we have this alternate way, you know, the, the fall, of the part of the reason the fall for the Roman empire is that there was a series of, of, uh, of, uh, Al, do I still have you? Yeah. Oh, sorry. Um, there were, there was a series of, of, uh, of epidemics and pandemics that shut trade down. Um, and they didn't back then, of course, they didn't have another mode to do trade mm. and so um so we so there's these these platforms can provide um a kind of new form of resilience that that uh you know never existed before yeah and i mean, um, I, mean I sometimes think you know if the pandemic had happened even 20 30 years ago how would you know certain things that we've managed to use technology for just to sort of continue with our lives I wonder, you know, sometimes I just think, gosh, you know, what if that happened in the 1980s? Um, how would we have managed and all the things we've done online? Yeah, I mean, the, 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 the fear was is that the economy would just crater, right? And, and there was a sort of initial panic. But, um, you know, while, I mean, it was, uh, you know, caused a huge social and economic impact, the economy didn't crater. And we didn't have a uh, like a you know a panic or a, a crash like the Great Depression. I mean, if anything would do that, this would be the kind of thing that would catalyze it, right? Um, mm-hmm. And um, you know, and while you know that that being said, you know, the pandemic hit different populations, um, you know, more than others. You know, people that were already you know uh, you know under the thumb of of uh, our economy were were put in worse positions. So, um, you know, it wasn't all, all roses for sure. Um, but you know, just there, there was this kind of flip that our society could switch at least in, um, you know, where in countries and regions of the world where platforms are, are, uh, pervasive mm-hmm. that that was an option. Right. And the other thing that we saw that we really paid more attention to, to be frank is, is, um, this gigantic groundswell of mutual aid all across the world mm. that people patching together their own platforms using Google spreadsheets and, uh, you know, Slack channels and, uh, you know, they, they kind of, you know, people created their own kind of platforms for mutual aid, um, that combined, you know, of course, also uh, on the ground, you know, on the ground activity too. Um, and, and, uh, so we, you know, our coverage became focused on what we called the, uh, the people's COVID-19 response and this gigantic wave of mutual aid that really brought people together rallying to like support the most vulnerable people in their communities, the elderly and so forth. Mm-hmm. So that was, that was super heartening. And, and also I think, um, uh, something that will get, you know, there'll be some lasting impacts. You from think, that. And, yeah, and, I hope yeah, so. I think, yeah, I think. I think people, um, you know, I had that kind of experience myself, you know, I organized my neighborhood and, uh, we, you know, we did all kinds of things. And, you know, once I was kind of the catalyst getting everyone, getting everyone together, 
Uh, but then once, you know, we set up our Slack channel and, and, uh, oh my God, my neighbors just, you know, like we tapped into this urge to help that, uh, I was, um, you know, that was, it was stunning really. I mean, um, and we also ended up sharing a lot of resources and, uh, you know, I'm the sharing guy. I, I was going to kind of wait and not be too eager, you know, <laughs> but they just, you know, they, all my neighbors just, Oh, let's have a swap. Let's, you know, yeah. uh, let's gather supplies for hospitals, you know, like all the stuff, like I didn't have to do anything, no. you know, it was like, wow. it was so, it was yeah. so cool. It was it's like great. Neil Gornflow has been outshared by his neighbors. Like who, who, I was, who I ever was saw that? I was outshared. <laughs> but it, you know, the power of just, you know, sometimes being a catalyst and, um, you know, making a place for people to express their civic leadership is, is, um, really, you know, uh, Mm-hmm. all that's needed in some yeah. cases but you must feel to a degree it's almost like I told you so no not probably not I told you so but this is something you've been talking about for years and does it feel like you know to take a pandemic for people to realize that you know tech powered communities that connect people you know online and then connect people on the ground as well and help to build yeah human interactions that maybe wouldn't have happened before this is something you've been talking about for years and if you know <laughs> there must be a, a sort of sense of like finally um no not really <laughs> I could see I could see where you're coming mm. from though but I I didn't really have that have that reaction I mean maybe because I was just so in the moment yeah just like, you know figuring stuff out and mm-hmm. you know I I did this life experiment in called the year of living locally and i launched it in january right and then the pandemic hits like in march mm-hmm. and i'm like holy you know holy crap like now we're you know things are getting way more local than yeah. i expected <laughs> it's like what you have i done I mean? <laughs> <laughs> so it was it was pretty cool to like i don't know i guess i was mentally prepared uh in some in some ways um but you were ready. You were yeah. like one of these guys in a bunker, weren't you? You were just all ready for this. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe a uh, kind of uh, metaphorical bunker. But... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. I mean, this this focus now, this shift, maybe people, you know, growing sustainable platforms, maybe more, yeah. you know, there's more of an emphasis on this. But do you see the pandemic... Um, you know, having an influence there? And do you see platforms becoming more responsible as a result of what's happened in the last 18 months and and a a shift happening that, you know, you can imagine over the the next few years, the next sort of stage of the sharing economy's growth? Yeah, I think that the fact that platforms became more central in people's lives uh, does uh, put more scrutiny on them so there 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 is that piece to it but at at the same time the the um sort of uh way they're set up as you know venture venture capital backed um you know uh for-profit enterprises you know their priorities are 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 still to serve their uh serve their investors Mm -hmm. and they have very aggressive growth you know growth goals to meet those expectations of investors you know and, and venture capital is the and tech entrepreneurship is the tip of the spear of capitalism. It's the most aggressive form of capitalism that there is. So we, you have to put platforms uh, also, you know, while I said they provide this kind of, kind of switch to another mode of operating, you still have that context and, and drawback. And so they're, um, 
you know, um, what we do see though is that the platform co-op movement is is growing and uh, developing. Um, you know, there's the platform co-op uh, consortium. Um, there are uh, uh, they have uh, launched a class, which is a global uh, sort of master class um, uh, that is incredibly well intended. Thousands of people have taken, thousands of entrepreneurs, co-op, you know, platform co-op entrepreneurs have, have taken it. Uh, we see more and more of these uh, businesses emerge. Um, so, uh, yeah, so I'm hopeful, mm -hmm. you know, I'm hopeful that that will become more a bigger piece of the picture. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, look, Neil, I could talk to you for ages, but hopefully get to talk to you in person at some point. And it, you are going to be obviously at the San Francisco event. Shareable are partnering, and um, we're just really happy to have you involved. And if anyone has questions about Shareable, they can get in touch with Marketplace Risk, and we will pass pass them over to you. Yeah, that'd be awesome. And and. Uh, also great to chat with you. Look forward to seeing you in person. Uh, yeah, and it might be one of my one of my first live events. So yes, and we're, <laughs> it'll be yeah. fun and, and maybe even a little awkward. Yeah, I know. It's like, <laughs> what do we talk about? Um, no, and 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 are we shaking hands or I, I don't know. Anyway, bumping fists or bumping elbows yeah, or what? It's what difficult. Is it, you know. <laughs> Um, but Neil, thank you for being our first guest on Series 4 of the Platform Podcast. And um, yeah, I'm sure hopefully you'll um, join us um, on another series sometime. Oh, happy to join. Thank you, Neil. Thanks, Neil. Thank you for tuning into the Platform Podcast. Be sure to follow us on social media at Marketplace Risk. Tune in next week for another podcast.